You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode 31. Man, Tyler, you, uh, you've really been cranking out the sessions so uh, just a ton lately, haven't you? Yeah, I've been making up for, <laughs> I've been playing enough for both of us, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bigger stakes, bigger buy-ins. I mean, I don't know. The poker career going on. I mean, you are just you are just skyrocketing on this on this volume here. Well, I mean, so like I was telling you, I had this. I'll just get right into it. Might as well. Since we have a lot of sessions to cover, but I played this session um, earlier last week, where I, I just all my hands held. It was the strangest thing. I didn't do anything special. I didn't make any hero calls, hero folds, big bluffs. I just flopped sets on a flush draw board, and someone would just jam with all the money when I have, you know, almost the nuts. Well, I think, like, I mean, we've talked about this, and, like, I was, I've been profitable for a decent amount of time, and, you know, before that, there was no bluffs. There was no really any, any big, big thing I had to my game, but if... If you just play correct and your hands hold, those have, I think, always been my biggest sessions, actually. But this one was even different. I mean, this one, I mean, the deck hit me in the face. I mean, it just, whoever was in that chair or was playing, getting the cards I was getting and hitting those flops was just going to win. I mean, that's always a great feeling. I mean, because... You see, it, you, usually you're sitting there watching someone else get hit in the deck with a face. And I mean, <laughs> hit in the face with the deck. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's nice to kind of be that guy every once in a while. Yeah. Because, like, remember, I sent you a picture of my of the stack. And I was like, dude, look, I have all these yellows. <laughs> and you were like, well, you haven't sent me any hands. I was like, there's really nothing to talk about this session. I mean,. The moralist, I mean, the the only interesting spot I had is I five bet with queens, and the guy with ace king called and they held. I mean, that's kind of interesting. I mean, a five bet with queens is pretty. I mean, it, it, there's no time when I get four bet with queens where I'm like, hell yeah. I mean, I always feel like it's you're looking at aces or kings, because I mean, especially now. We're playing different stakes, so people play differently at different stakes. But a four bet in my games, I mean, seems like it's aces and kings just damn near every time. Well, this was a one three game, and I was worried about aces and kings. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, it seems like you're real worried when you're like right over the top, mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was one of those ones where it's like kind of the stack sizes. Once he put in the four bet, it was. I mean, it was either fold or five bet. I mean, you didn't really have. If you call, I'm. I guess your stack is just committed, anyways, right? Exactly. So I mean, I say I put the five bet in, which I did, but it doesn't sound like it sounds. It I was mean, just going all the in. rest yeah. of it. I mean, if 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 I'm not if I once I put in the three bet and he re raises me and he only has a few hundred bucks behind after putting in a gigantic four bet. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is at that point. So I mean, but I just flopped so many sets. And all these people, I mean, actually it was just one guy just, he just kept getting just bare flush draws and just ripping it in. Wow. That's, I mean, what's nice is, to, I mean, those, flush, I mean, a lot, I can see a lot of people doing that, but it's a, uh, it's nice to, for them to, to actually miss here and there. I mean, I don't know, like, like lately when someone gets, uh, gets it all in on a flush draw, I mean, it's probably coming spade, spade, if they need spades. I mean, just uh, the best possible runouts. So it's nice to hold against all of that. I mean, it was a gigantic win, too. I mean, I I bought in for 1000 I bought $200 in time, and they matched it, so that was nice. But um, And I ended up profiting uh, 3300 Oh, God. that's What a nice session. I mean, just like I said, didn't do anything special or whatever so 
But I mean, that'll happen sometimes. Like you said, sometimes you flop a set and hit a flush, and that's a, just a gigantic session for you. Yeah, I mean, it's like I say, making making those big hands and getting paid off on them. Just doing that will really, really create a pretty damn big session. But okay, so here's where things kind of change, though. Oh God. <laughs> so the next session, I show up. I'm playing with a lot of the same people, and I put in a three. So. Okay, so basically what happened was, let's see, I have eight deuce off on the button. Eight deuce off on the button? Yes. Uh, this is going to go somewhere I don't like. <laughs> I can already tell. So someone opened a, like 15 there was three callers. So I was thinking, well, this would be a great squeeze spot, right? I, I can, mean, if you don't have eight, eight dude, I mean, I completely disagree here. All right, so I'll continue like you didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I go ahead and squeeze and make it eighty, uh, sixty-five. Okay. I get one caller, the original preflop, better. Right, the flop comes ten king ten six. I bet one twenty-five. He folds. I show eight deuce. We all have a good laugh, right? I mean, I do like the play. Like, I think, it, like, I don't agree with, like, the entire play, but I do think that is one fun highlight play, though. Yeah. So, the very next hand, I get ace-king. The same guy opens. Everyone calls. I squeeze again to 65. This time... Two guys call the original razor and someone else who's just darn sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Um, the flop comes ace eight nine. I bet one twenty five. I told them just like last time. They both call. The turn is a three, but there's a flush draw out there. It flopped a flush draw. Um, it was ace eight nine, two diamonds and a heart. So there are some straight draw possibilities, and there, but there's definite flush draw possibilities. Okay. So I was, the one twenty five was more just as a chuckle as last hand. That's what I bet. Right. So this is where I bet like a real bet. So then I bet three hundred, and they both fold. Very nice. I mean, that's a. Uh, I mean, it's super awesome to get to do that eight deuce squeeze play right then and there. And then to get Ace King right back, because oh, I mean everybody obviously the eight deuce is still fresh on everybody's mind. I mean, it, don't get me wrong, it would still be very helpful even if it was like a you know like a orbit or two later. Everybody's still gonna be thinking about that eight deuce. But I mean, the very next hand looks like you're just you know you're just screwing with people. And the strangest thing happened. Um. People just started playing crazily. Just everyone just betting. Just, I mean, no one believing anything I did. No, I mean, just over and over again, right? So I get pocket kings. And a player who was there for the eight deuce hand, um, I, I raise with the pocket kings. And he just automatically jams on me, not believing any of it. And I just call, and he says that he only has an ace. That's it. And just hold for like... How much was a jam for? Like $600. Good God. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, just not not having any of it. I mean, so, I mean, he, here's a question. is, I'm sure this is where you're going with it, is, is playing like crazy, like that eight-deuce hand. Like, even saying it's a negative EV, EV play in the long run, the fact that you're showing it down and getting all of this action before, does it make it profitable in the long run? Right? That's kind of, I mean, I've been testing it out and it's been just working, just making money hand over fist right now. Well, and me and you talked about it and like, okay, how unprofitable is it? Because, okay, let's say ace, king, ace, queen versus even eight deuce offsuit. You're not that heavy of a favorite. I mean, you're good. I mean, eight deuce is going to win thirty percent of the time. Yeah. Now that being said, you know, there's obviously implied odds and stuff like that where it really, you know, hurts and all that. But 
you know, you the the fact is you are going to win some of the time, and the time where you lose, you know, people see you. I mean, you're. I'm sh- sure you're still showing that down, and you know, folding. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like creating that image is. But here was my other point: was how how far do you go in creating that image? Because it's like I said, it, once you did. Once you show down eight deuce, it doesn't work if you show it down and then fold for two orbits, right? Not at all. Correct. Does not work at all. So you kind of have to be cultivating that image the entire time. And the the big question is, is how far do you go to cultivate that image where you're getting this much action? I mean, it's definitely cost me money before. I mean, I'm sure you can imagine. So, I mean, it... It's a good question because obviously this has been pretty profitable doing this, but uh, the question is: is how how much action do you have to give to cultivate the image, and how much action are you getting because of it? That's kind of the fine balance that I was kind of flirting with right now. I mean, yeah, and it makes you play certain hands differently because when you start bluffing people, people don't tend to like that. They. You know, I mean, you get a ton of action. The one thing that's really thrown me as far as you bluffing, because I've definitely seen how it, bluffing can be profitable. One thing that's thrown me is, okay, you show down a lot of bluffs, and it creates a lot more action for you, right? Correct. I didn't like this, because I was like, well, okay, once you show down these bluffs, this means it kind of hamstrings you. Because, I mean, you can't... You can't be showing down bluffs and just keep bluffing people because they're obviously they're going to be like, okay, he's capable of bluffing. You're going to get lighter calls. Thing is, you've done this for uh, multiple sessions where you've shown down the bluffs, continue to do it, and it's just kept working over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, people just, they just seem to just fall apart and just lose their mind. It's the strangest thing. But... Um, then I have another interesting kind of hand. So, I mean, that, I mean, I had two gigantic sessions playing like that. Um, I mean, I profited like a thousand, two hundred and two thousand, two hundred playing like that. Um, now here's a question. Do you think it's working or do you think, I mean, two sessions is not that many. Do you think it's really working or do you think you're just right on the right side of variance right now? Sure, it's the right side of variance. I'm sure there's a reason why people don't play like that. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, I definitely think it feel like it could be a combination of the two, but I do feel like both play into it, correct? Definitely. And, well, I guess we're not there yet, but my latest session, I kind of dialed it back quite a bit. But we'll talk about that whenever we get to that session. Because okay. the session we're going to talk about now, next, though, took a pretty big hit. And have no one to blame but myself for this one. I tried hero calling down. So I saw some guy play a hand and he put a nice bluff in, right? Okay. And my problem is once I see that you're capable of bluffing, I'm going to lean towards hero calling more. <laughs> just in general. So just the way you're exploiting other people. You're 100%. kind of getting exploited the same way, right? But it works. But, I mean, you have to to a degree. I mean, once you, once you know someone is capable of bluffing... Well, then you know, even if it's not a huge chance on this hand, there's always that little bit of a chance. And if you're on the fence, that's what normally will lead me to it. Right. If that player is capable of bluffing or not. If they're not capable of bluffing, normally I'll just fold. But but once I see it, that'll normally lead me towards calling. So, But this hand, I end up with, I mean, I'm going to give you the briefest of details on it because it was awful. Oh, God. I mean... I ended up with an under pair when I check raised as a bluff and got called. And then the front door flush missed and he ripped it in. Donk ripped it. An under pair to the flop? Uh, yeah. God, yeah. That is, I mean, don't get me wrong. We've all had crazy punts like this before. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, it is what it is. But Oh, yeah, not I saying mean, it was I'd be the, like, well, you know, not something I'd do. But, I mean, at this point, you... Once you do the punt, you know it's not, not something you should have done. Hundred percent, can confirm. Don't do this, <laughs> um, because 
uh, I, I hero called thinking like, I was like, there's some weird straights that missed. And then the obvious flush draw missed. And I was like, he raised pre-flop and then checked, which really makes me think he might just have like ace king here or like two high cards. And uh, it was all low unconnected, like two were connected, but they missed like the straights missed and nothing to me made sense from him for him to have as a pre-flop raiser that would coordinate with this board other than a missed flush draw or an overpair. He checked the flop. Yeah. Or no, sorry. He dong. He he bet, but he had made it like thirty preflop and bet fifteen into two of us, and then the other guy called. So I I raised, thinking to take it down right there. Ooh, you you raised on the flop, and he called the called the raise. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, like I said, we're skimming this. So <laughs> um, yeah, say so you're dragging your feet through this hand. Um, no. So basically, what happened was I called. He had aces. Moral of the story. It okay. all checks out. It all makes sense. It was horrible. Well, I that, mean, I mean, we've all, we've, I mean, we've all shown up with something <laughs> crazy like that at some point. But what was I going to say? Would have looked great if he had Ace King. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, but okay. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say anything that you don't yeah. already know. I'm like, he can never have Ace King here. Yeah. So, yeah. but here's the thing that really ruined me was. I'd see, once I saw him with that bluff, it was like early when I just switched tables. But then after that, I realized I had tried to hero call the wrong person. He was a very tight player. I three bet him with ace queen. He folded ace king face up. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if this player's calling, you know, a three bet flop. Yeah. Or well, I guess not a three bet, but a you know a raise on your on the flop. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I mean, I knew I just made just a gigantic mistake. I mean, not the fact that I lost all my chips, but the fact that after I saw him play, I like that was just awful. I mean, the way we play Ace King, I tell you what, nothing throws. I mean, me going crazy with Ace King, I tell you what, players at the one three level do not understand it. I mean, I see so many limps with Ace King; it's ridiculous. I mean, one of the dealers at the 5-5 five, five game was saying he's like he was saying like people go crazy with ace king and he was like that that to me is not a 700 500 hand that to me is like a 50 dollar hand or something because it's not even a pair that's what that's what i hear all the time i told him i will feel free to rip all this in with ace king <laughs> in front of me oh god how much did you have there probably like 5k but <laughs> <laughs> okay now I'm on the dealers. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, that's the that's I tell you what, that is a huge difference on like how mean uh as far as pre flop, that is one of the biggest differences I see me and you versus some of the other players is I mean, they play that so cautiously. I mean Jonathan Little just said it best, just rip that. <laughs> well, I mean me and maybe you, not a direct quote, but you know. <laughs> Jonathan Little's going to hear this podcast and he directly email us. But uh, me and you talked about it, and I think it's also dependent on the blind levels. For the, uh, I mean, I don't feel like you should be trying to get it all in for, you know, 800 blinds. But but I'm definitely raising. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, but Well, I mean, yeah, definitely raising, but... And if they raise, I'm re-raising. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at, and at that point, I'm not folding. Yeah. <laughs> so you can so, play from there. So yeah, so we're going to go ahead and say one of us is getting it all in, no matter what. <laughs> Basically. I mean, that's just that's just the nature of playing it that way, I guess. I mean, I guess if you're telling me it is. I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I feel like there's some gray areas somewhere, but you're not going to let there be gray area, it sounds like. I mean... Possibly. I mean, and sure, sometimes they're going to show up with ace or with aces and kings, but just it's horrible when that happens. It does sound horrible when that happens. Very horrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I agree for the most part. I like. I do like. I say. I feel like if the stacks are big enough and the blind levels, I'm not like. Hmm. If we're like less than two hundred times the blind. I'm probably and they three bet me. We're probably getting it all in. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, 
But like I say, it's really different if we're six to seven hundred times the blind. If they three bet me, I'm probably I might call and see a flop and see what develops. That's yeah. I mean, like you said, it really is all just dependent on how many blinds and the player type as well. That's true. I mean, well, I, that was one thing we talked about earlier is you uh, you've been playing higher stakes where people are capable of making moves that just aren't being made at one three. So at one three, if it's a three bet, a lot of times you are going to be running up uh, at the very least up against a a big monster hand. So. Oh, I mean, at 1-3 in the 4-bet, you're only seeing aces and kings. That's, that's kind of that's my thinking. Thing. I mean, this is like when we were in Vegas, and it was just like that nittier deal. I mean, it was like every single time it was something like that. Absolutely. And I had one other interesting hand before we get on to your session. I had one hand where, like, I was playing like a maniac the whole time, bluffing and bluffing and bluffing. I actually even lost a buy-in. That was great. Um, <laughs> Sounds fun. So then I add on for a lot, and... um. I had like 10-7 in a raised pot. 10-7 suited. At least we'll say it was suited. And um, <laughs> I flopped a gut shot, and the guy bet relatively big. But I was like, well, you don't play 10-7 suited to flop a gut shot and fold. You at least stick around for a little bit. I mean... Calm down. <laughs> uh, yeah. Clint's like, I don't play 10 uh, Tyler's like, I see Clint's face getting red here. This isn't going to be good. So I'm going to move on. So then on the turn, I flop, I turn double gutted. Okay. And he bets very sizable. But now at this point, you're never folding double gutted for pot. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's very dependent. I mean, it's... I mean, he, he has to have enough implied odds. I mean, okay, like, regardless of being double-gutted or not, I mean, you have basically eight outs, so you're only going to win this around 15% of the time. Uh, and then, on top of that, so you have to definitely have a ton of implied odds. And, I mean, you have to think on the fact that you might not be getting paid off you know, even enough. Enough. I mean, it doesn't mean just because you are both five thousand deep that you hit your straight and you rip it in, and he just you know automatically calls with whatever he has. I'll spoil it for you. I hit my straight. I check raise him to seven hundred, and he called. I mean, <laughs> okay, <laughs> very nice. I think this might be the most results oriented we could be, right? It'd be like the definition if you were looking it up. <laughs> but it was I great. was like, therefore, it was a correct plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's results oriented. Tyler's like, the results are you're gonna make you're gonna make seven hundred extra dollars every time. <laughs> well, I mean, that was like a gigantic overbet too, because I checked over second nuts to him, and he bet like two hundred. Well. If you're going to make this play, which I'm not saying this is one of those do not do it as do not do what you see on TV type deals and not saying I agree with making this play. But if you are going to make this play, you 100 percent are going to overbet this. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, if you're not, you should be folding every time. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I did. I raised way must I don't even know how it was a gigantic raise and I think he made it 200 which was a very big river bet so uh yeah that's what did he, what did he end up having nothing just really angry uh he didn't show oh okay so uh, if you can believe it he didn't see the straight coming yeah that's what, I mean that was well I mean I think that's why you have to overbet so much is because your straight makes no sense here so I mean, I think you're going to get a lot of non-believers here, especially if he's played with you ever before. Well, and I had bluffed a ton of the time, and I kept bluffing him in particular and showing it. I mean, and this, I think, comes into play, too, is, like, you can justify this a little, quite a bit more than me because there's just more implied odds because people know that you could show up with nothing here, whereas... Like I say, I am going to have it 90% of the time. I mean, you might have it 75. 60, yeah. And Tyler was like, 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, probably 70% of the time is probably about right. 
Tyler's there. Tyler's like, on the times I have it, I just check down because what fun is there in that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I heard you played. A, uh, I guess you had a session too, though. I mean, I was playing a ton of sessions, but I guess you went in there and battled one day. Yeah, uh, last Thursday I went and played, and which has become kind of my night where I usually go. Uh, it was one of those. It was a real enjoyable session. It was a real kind of a real enjoyable table. Uh, a lot of wreck play at the table, and of course, I still lost. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like those were the toughest guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, it was one of those that you know you're just gonna run bad sometimes. Uh, the defining hand of the session. There were two defining set hands. Uh, I have Ace Deuce. It's limp to me, like a late position. Uh, I think it was Ace Deuce suited. Maybe it better have been. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, uh, even I'm not playing offsuit low or any offsuit aces besides a ten. Let's uh, let, let, how about we chill out and deuce eight <laughs> off, uh, but not ace deuce off or ace eight <laughs> off on folding. That's my limit. Because for me, the I'm sorry to cut off your story here, but those. Those offsuit aces just have the worst implied odds, reverse implied odds, where if you flop two aces and I mean, they're more than you're just. It's just I have just had horrible experiences. I just will never just don't play those hands, and except for from like button versus blinds or something. Well, it's one of those. If you have ace deuce and you flop an ace, you definitely am not looking to get stacks in with it. I mean, you're, uh, yeah, no, I I definitely agree. Uh, ace deuce. I mean, Ace Deuce suited, like you say, because everybody plays suited cards. I mean, has great implied odds. Ace Deuce off probably is just a fold. So for this story, you had Ace Deuce suited. Go ahead. Which more than likely, <laughs> I probably did. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, so the flop comes Ace Deuce six. Uh, no flush draws, no anything. I mean, it, this board is dry as shit. So I usually like to go ahead and fast play, but I'm like, well. There's nothing going on here. Let me see what happens. I just check. Uh, uh, someone obliges like it's a tiny pot because it was limped. So uh, he bets like six dollars. Another there's one one more caller and then I call. I don't feel the need to raise. I'm scared of almost nothing here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the turn is what I think is a very good card for me. It's a king. I was gonna say though. You're scared of nothing, but the chances of him having a big ace is very low, right? Since it was a limp pawn. So I'm kind of worried you might not get any action here. Well, kind of my thought, too. Right. That was, yeah. yeah. So you're scared of nothing, but also you're kind of scared that no one has... You're going to bet one time and everyone's going to fold is what I'm kind of thinking. Yeah, I have the I have the board pretty much covered. Exactly. Uh, so the king I love because, one, people can hit a king. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ace King, considering it's a limp pot, is unlikely. So I mean, I I definitely rather it be a king than like a ten, nine, or something like that. Uh, so I love this card. I check it again. He obliges with another bet of fifteen, and another call. And I'm like, well, this is this is the time to go ahead and bump this pot up. Yep. Uh, I make it. I think sixty dollars. It might have been. It was like it was between fifty and sixty. Both sound good, and it's definitely the time to raise. Uh, he calls, and the other player folds, which I'm I'm loving. The river was kind of a nothing river. I think it did bring some weird straights. It might have been like a jack or something like that. Uh, but nothing that would really make sense here. I bet like ninety, like eighty, ninety. Something like that. And he's gives me oh, something that I love. He's like, I guess I call. I'm like, oh, well, this is great. Uh, I turn over ace-deuce, and he turns over a six for another God. flop two-pair that's better. You are lucky you didn't lose more in that hand. Oh, I don't know how he just doesn't rip it. Oh, I mean, like, this should be a just a standard rip on the turn against me. Yeah, I don't know how deep he was, but it sounds like it, yeah. I mean, he got almost all the two pairs that are better. I mean, it was, I mean, definitely a wreck type player that was just more scared of losing. Uh, because, yeah, I should have lost. I, I should have been stacked completely on this hand. 
Yeah, say because when we text, I didn't realize quite out the hand. Like, I think I was playing. Well, when you text me the hand, I just saw two pair versus two pair, and I was like, "Oh God, that's." Anytime it's you have a worse two pair versus someone else, I mean, it's just not your night for sure. But yeah, because I don't think he can ever have ace king. I don't think he can ever have ace jack. He's more likely to have like king jack or something like that, or you know, just a. Like, you know, a lot of P, a lot of rec players overplay top pair. Obviously, not this guy. He barely called two pair. Uh, but I just don't... Uh, with our stack sizes, I'm never getting away from this hand. Yeah, like I said, lucky you didn't get lose more. So, I'm in for, like, uh, later. This is, like, the real defining hand that really gets me. Uh, it's a high-low hand, which probably not... I know you don't play at all high-low, and yeah. probably, you know, since high-low is very much a very not much played in Texas game, probably nobody that's listening, but it's big for the session. Uh, so I, <laughs> yeah, have, <right. laughs> I have Ace, Deuce, 4-5, um, which is basically a nut-low hand. I mean, because any low, basically it makes you a ton of nut-lows. So it is just an amazing high-low hand. Supposedly, uh, <laughs> I raise it to twenty. That's a, that's a pot. Uh, so I get called two ways. Uh, the flop comes deuce deuce eight. So I've got trip deuces with an ace. Uh, so uh, checks to me. I bet pot, and then someone goes pot over me to make it like two hundred and fifty. I imagine you're getting is pretty much committing your stack, right? Yeah, exactly. I've got trip deuces. The only things that beat me are pocket eights and deuce eight. I mean, obviously there's two deuces out there. I've got a deuce. I mean, he very well could just have king. I mean, this could be ace three. It could be king, king deuce or something like that. I don't think I can fold. I still have the nut low. I have the close to nut low draw, and I have trips with the best kicker. I just rip it all in. It's only like $90 more or something. Yeah, it sounds standard. Uh, he calls. He's like, do you have pocket eights? I'm like, no, which is great to hear because that means he doesn't. And then he flips over deuce eight for the flop boat. God. Uh, we run it. No improvement, dude. No low comes whatsoever, and I get just murdered. I had like, mm, I had him covered, so I had like thirty dollars after that. It was, I mean, it was just a massacre, a bloodbath. God, that sounds awful. wasn't wasn't thrilled at the time, you know. It was a guy I know well, real well. So I mean, if he's gonna, if it's gonna, if somebody's gonna beat me out of it, glad it was him. But it was uh. Lately, in, in Omaha hands, this dude is just crushing me. I mean, like if we're on, if he's on a draw, he's getting there, and if I'm on a draw, he's just so safe. So, <laughs> I mean, ready for this to turn around at any point in time. I was say you're glad it was him, but we both wish it was me. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, at least I know I wish it was me. <laughs> so then, I was not planning on playing poker. For this next session, I'd already decided I wasn't going to play poker. Um, and then I end up going, I see the 5-5 five, five game is running, so I decided to go, right? I was like, oh, it's actually going, so I should maybe go try to see, test my luck, as they would say, you know? I know you've been wanting to do more and more 5-5, five, five, uh, so that's, yeah, I'm glad to see that they are actually getting it together and getting all, getting some 5-5 five, five sessions out there. So I show up and I first I actually put my name on the list on Poker Atlas, which I almost never do for since I live right down the street. Shocking, because I do it every time. I don't know why you wouldn't take advantage of that. I don't know. I just like standing around in the room. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what's it called? So I show up, and when I get there, the list is ten people deep, and I'm number two. So after I put my name on the list, just a ton of people came in. Oh, wow. So I actually, oh, yeah. So then I end up playing 1-3 um, one, while one, waiting for the 5-5. Uh, five, five. I end up putting some guy on a bluff. I was right, but he river trips. 
that wasn't great. And then um, I had another one where I flopped a set versus an all-in player. Like, I flopped a set. He went all-in. I was heads up with another guy. I got the other guy to fold. He set or set me. That was a bummer. Set over sets always are. Yeah, but I mean, at least it was against that guy who was short-stacked. That's true. If that's going to happen, that's super helpful that that guy was short-stacked. Yeah, so I got set over set there. I think he actually turned set over set on me, actually, which was even worse. But, yeah, I mean, that'll happen, I guess. Um, So then I get to go to the 5-5 game. And now I don't even have a thousand in front of me. So I'm like, well, I for sure need to add on to add on another thousand. Seems okay. reasonable, right? Um, the first hand I end up playing, I had like clubs and it came four spades. And uh, I put a nice bluff in and everyone folded and I got to show and I got to have a good laugh. Um, <laughs> God, that's a tough bluff to, to a dude when there's four spades out there. I mean... That that is not what I would have thought is a bluffing board. I mean, how many players were in that hand? Maybe three, including you. Yeah. Mike. Okay, that's not the worst, but still, still ballsy bluff there. Yeah, might as well. Um, <laughs> so then, um, then like the next hand, this guy's. You know, I, I don't know if he's slightly annoyed or what, but he's like, I'm gonna bet fifty in the dark. I have ace ten. So I just limped the straddle knowing the 50's coming. You know, okay. two other people, no, three other people uh, limp it. He makes it 50. We all call for 200 in the pot. Yeah. Okay. okay. So Is it ace-10 suited? No, remember I play ace-10 offsuit. Okay, I got you. But, I mean, if he's putting 50 in the dark, I mean, I feel like ace-10 offsuit is fine. Okay, yeah, I, I, I agree. That's fine. Um, the flop comes three, four, five, rainbow. Everyone checks. The turn is a six. It checks to me. I bet 275. Everyone folds. I turn over ace 10. Everyone's pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can definitely see that. But I mean, I kind of like this. I kind of like this here because it three. So it's three, four, five, six. Yep. I mean, if somebody doesn't have a seven here, how do they call? They don't, and everyone was mad. Yeah, I, I actually do like this bluff here a lot too. I mean, that's I, I don't. 275 was probably that was over a pot sized bet. Yeah. And I mean, you only have to win this. You don't have to win this that often to uh, make that profitable. Uh, I, I, I like this move. I, I don't love all your bluffs, but this one I do like a lot. So, right after, well, not right after, maybe a few hands later, um, that guy was pretty upset uh, who had put the money in and everything. And I guess he had not been running the best and. Seem to be enjoying the drink situation at the bar and stuff, right? <laughs> That's great. Um, and he was saying something about how he's more country than anyone. I don't know. There was a lot going on, really. And you know, how he had lost $12,000 and he's not going to cry. I told him, if I lose $12,000, I will cry at the table. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I will kick this chair out and throw a tantrum right on the goddamn floor. <laughs> yeah, no, not on the floor, on the table. <laughs> so, um, so I'm against, so I get pocket aces now, and I'm like, whew, can't, this is going to be great, right? Um, and I'm actually in the big, I'm in the big blind, yes. The original guy who bet in the dark bets like, what did he make? He made it like 25. Okay. He gets three bet to like 90 maybe. Mm-hmm. Then I come in with the four bet to 275. Oh, God. Folds around to him. He calls the original three better folds. 
not the original. The well, I guess he has the original three better, but so it's heads up between me and the guy who raised originally. Okay. The flop comes. Let me see. Where is it? Five five four. I'm out of position because I was in the big blind. I check it over to him. He rips it all in. I call. Turn is a six. River's a brick. I hold. I wonder what he ripped it. What do you, did you see? What he ripped it all in with? I didn't, but someone else did. They said that he had um, three four. So he turned open ended. But the money four. went in on the flop. Wait, five five. So it was the flop was five five six. Yeah. So he flopped open ended. I mean, I guess it makes sense. I mean, if you're going to play 3-4, I don't know how the hell you're folding that flop. I mean, I'm very concerned. I mean, it throws me that someone is calling a $90 bet with 3-4, but, you know. No, not a $90 bet. Oh, you, that 90 was the 3 bet. You called, you did 270, yeah, 75? Yeah, yeah. God damn, man. Looks like, sh- where is this game at? No kidding. I mean, <laughs> the stuff you tell me on a daily basis, I, I just don't, I never seem to get used to. Yeah, so um, that was great for me. And that was like a almost a $2,000 all-in, something like that. Or $1,500, $1,600, something like that. It was a lot. Sounds like a lot. Yeah. Um, Then I get like pocket kings versus some guy I... He three bets me, but like how the stacks were, I was like, this is going to be an awkward, I just ripped it all in. He called, um, he had, I didn't know at the time he had ace queen flop came all low cards. Uh, sorry. Flop came queen high turn with an ace. I'm like, am I good? And I was like, he's not smiling yet. Cause like I showed my hand over my, I always just turn my hand over when I go all in. Right. River King. Dealer said he had ace queen. Could be saw it. You are dirty as hell, man. You I should mean, be ashamed of yourself. I had the best hand. You did have the best hand, but God Almighty, what a river! <laughs> yeah. Um. And then toward the end of the session, um, an interesting spot happened, which I kind of want to get your take on. Okay. So. I then had some hands not go my way. Had a ton of bluffs that didn't go my way. Because if you can believe it, people don't believe you much after you start pulling those moves a bunch. One of the things, yeah, was, that would concern me. <laughs> um, So, I have pocket jacks. I'm in the big blind again, or the small blind. One of the blinds. Okay. This guy um, rips it all in. It was like a bet, but a small bet. But this guy rips it in for 375 Another guy calls a 375 So I call a 375 The flop come... Where's, now, me and the other guy who are not... Did you, all, con- did you consider folding here? No. Oh. <laughs> um, me and the other guy who are still in the hand are about minimum 2500 effective after the call. Okay. The flop comes Jack nine three rainbow. Oh my god. What a dream come true. And against this specific player, I had I played with him all night, so I my plan was to let him bet. So I check it over to him, he checks it back. The turn is another low card, but there's almost nothing out there that would call a three hundred and seventy five dollar bet. Right. So I check it back to him, letting him Hopefully, he's going to take a stab at it. Okay. He doesn't. The river is a nine, giving me top boat. Wow. So, I'm like, all right, well, now I can't check. I mean, maybe yeah. he has ace-king, but he prob- I'm hoping he has a pocket pair, a big big pocket pair from tens. Well, not to mention you've checked every street. So, I mean, and this is a $1,000 pot. He's he's going to call something if he's even... Ace high is going to call something here. Well, so when I went to reach for chips, I start grabbing my chips to kind of size up how much I wanted to bet. Mm-hmm. So my hands are on my chips. I'm kind of looking at them, getting ready to place them down. The guy who's all in turns over his hand and says, it doesn't matter what you do. I'm going to win. 
he rivered quand. So then I still go to bet, and he goes, because even the guy was acting like he was about to call. Right. I mean, because I was put money, in, and then he was still reaching for calling chips. Mm-hmm. But then I just bet a very small amount, hoping to see it any money at this point. Right. And then he goes, why would you even bet? You can't even win any of that now. And then the other guy just folded. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's, this is just retarded jackass. I, I just don't get how in the world. I mean, all you have to do, you've already won. All you have to do is just sit there and do nothing. And I don't know, I mean, I, I don't know, I mean, stuff like this just pisses me off. Because somebody just concerned with their own deal, they're not playing at this point in the hand anymore. They don't need to be showing their cards. They don't need to be doing, until the hand is over. I mean, it, I know you can't, but it seems like they should just take money out of his stack and give it to you. I mean, give it to you. Because, I mean, if he's going to cost everybody money because he just can't, contain himself it's ridiculous yeah i mean that's kind of the worst part about cash or one not the worst part but it's kind of dramatic uh it's one of the downsides is there's no punishment for someone because we've had a situation where this has happened before right and we've had situations where players turn their hand over while they're still in the hand and all sorts of stuff there's no repercussions for this though yeah i mean because, I mean, what do you do? I mean, the dealer can say something, or the floor can say... But, of course, say, the dealer doesn't say anything. And, of course... Which is, which is utterly ridiculous. I mean, if the dealer is not saying something here, then I don't know why they're e- they're even a dealer. Because, I mean, this is something that's costing every- people money that, you know, it's... I, but here's the other thing. is okay, he says something, or the floor says something. You know, they're not ejecting the ta- the player off the table. So, I mean, it, at the end of the day, does it even matter? Uh, it doesn't seem like it does. I just can't stand this. I, like, we've seen this so many times, but I don't know. Eventually, this person's going to flip over their hand at the wrong time where it hurts them, and then they're going to cry about it. Because I've seen this happen a thousand times before. Uh, and... I don't know. I mean, like you say, there's not much that can be done about it, but God Almighty, it just it pisses me off that people can do this to other people. I mean, when I left there, I had I can't even remember a time I was more mad than that. I mean, not the fact that he hit the one outer. That I don't really care about. That's gonna happen. Right. That doesn't matter. Not the fact that I lost the hand. That doesn't really matter either. The fact that someone was so selfish to do that. That's what oh, I was so annoyed. Yeah, uh, again, like, you're playing with only adults. I mean, all you have to do is sit there and not do anything. I mean, all you have to do is sit there and shut up. I mean, and you flip over your cards when the when when it's time to flip over your cards. It's super easy. And this is why there are so many conflicts at poker is because people cannot uh, just follow simple rules. Because there's not that much to be many conflicts to be had if everybody's actually following the rules. Yeah. Do you think that they could move him to the lower stakes table? Would that be the move? No. I, I don't think no, anything can be done. Yeah. I mean, they could tell him just, no, you can't you can't play here. But you're just not getting... I mean, you could get that in Vegas if you're the win, Aria and Bellagio or something like that. But around Houston where everybody's fighting for players and especially a player who just stacked up where nobody wants to see that money go away i mean well, you're you're risking pissing the player off and losing that as a player who might be a consistent player and you're also risking pissing the table off because there's just less money on the table so there's really nothing that can be done yeah that sums that up which is why i was so mad <laughs> yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean yeah like it when somebody does this and it's lack of control of the Situation. I mean, you had every right to be mad here. Oh boy, sounds like our security is on high alert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess before we get taken out by the dog. Um, so I guess today I'm actually going to try to go play five ten. Take a sh- shot take today. That's a uh, god. 
five ten. That's a that's pretty big even for what you've been playing lately. Five ten's pretty massive. True. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot to consider. The buy-in, you know, if the game is even gonna make. I mean. Or hell, if it becomes five ten twenty. I mean. How to get off the table if it comes five ten twenty? Yeah. Yeah. If it yeah, if it's five, if it comes five ten twenty forty, how like exactly what disease you're gonna come down with? Is it gonna be a stroke? Is it gonna be what? So yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a pretty pretty damn massive game. Say so it's gonna be a disease where I can only play one three. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, this is gonna be super interesting. At least so next podcast we can go over like exactly what happens tonight on your on the five ten experiment. Well, so okay, so here's where things get a little interesting. So today, I'm, so I was walking around uh, the poker room and some one of the guys, one of the hosts of the five five game, comes up. He's like, "Oh, you need to come play Thursday." And I was like, "Sure, you know, it's at one, and I work the overnight, so that's gonna be kind of tough um, to make it that early." You're a better man than me because there's zero chance of making that game if I worked the worked the night before. <laughs> yeah, but um, so, but then this is Tuesday though. They're also trying to get this game going Tuesday, which doesn't have anything to do with that person. So I end up putting my name on the list for Tuesday. Which is today. Well, which is going to be today. Because you guys are going to hear this Thursday. Okay. But So I put my name on the list for Tuesday. And then Wednesday at work. And then Thursday I'm supposed to play 5-5 five, five during the day. Then 5-10 at night. So we should have a ton to talk about. Unless I go yeah. broke today. And then we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> well, we have, this, <laughs> we have today's session. <laughs> yeah, today's session. But not... Not nearly as much during the week, but this could be a gigantic week. Oh, I mean, it's going to be at least content gigantic. Yeah, well, that'd be awesome. I mean, it's either going to be a gigantic contact, uh, gi- gigantic content podcast next week, or it's going to be a movie, League of Legends podcast, something like that. I mean, when, when we're both broke and out of poker. <laughs> yeah, either one. <laughs> but I guess... Um, This concludes this week's of the Texas Poker Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time and we'll see you next week.